This is the Biz News Podcast, one-on-one conversations with experts in business and personal development. At a time when a worker's tenure with a single company can almost be timed with a wind-up stopwatch, Robert Kohlhepp is an exception. He spent his entire career, more than half a century, with Cintas Corporation, retiring as its chairman of the board. What kept him there? And what magic lesson does Cintas offer other companies that are trying to retain their key staff? Robert Kohlhepp joins us for this Biz News Podcast. Uh, Bob, you have spent half a century and then some with one company. That is so unusual in, in this day and age where you can often time a person's a career with a stopwatch at one company. Why did you spend 50 plus years with that firm? Well, uh, it was a good company, a good business, had a great future. Uh, the person I worked for who was the founder of the company and I developed a very special relationship and there was no reason to, to do anything else. That is very unusual. Do you, it's almost unheard of these days, I guess. What made that company so good? And, and you can say the company's name, we don't, we don't mind. Okay. Well, I spent about 50 years with Cintas and the thing that made it so good was uh, a number of things. Uh, it was a good business. Uh, and, uh, but I think much more important than that was the culture that we developed there at Cintas. Uh, and the people that I worked with who were all compatible with that culture and lived it every day. And uh, that created a camaraderie and a uh, level of communication that was uh, exceptional in my opinion. And I was blessed to be working for and with uh, some of the best managers I've ever seen in my life. And uh, so it was, it was fun. I, I've often said I never worked a day in my life because I loved what I did. Now, you have written a book, the, the gist of which is that you think corporate culture can be boiled down to just a few elements. Would you tell our listeners and viewers what those are? Well, there are four elements. The first element is a principal objective, which is a statement, uh, hopefully one sentence, in my opinion, that drives every major decision you make in that organization so that uh, people are unified in the approach that they're taking and uh, it leads to the right uh, results. Uh, the second thing is the character of the company. Uh, we called our corporate character. Those would be adjectives and phrases that would describe how we went about doing our job, how we felt about our customers, how we felt about our employees who we called partners uh, and, and the way we conducted ourselves uh, with our customers and everyone. The third part of it was our management system, which was a system of uh, documenting solutions to recurring problems so that people weren't reinventing the wheel and they would take advantage of the wisdom and knowledge that people before them already had. And then the fourth part of it was uh, ethics, uh, how, doing the right thing, uh, giving some guidelines to people as to what is the right thing to do. And uh, so those four things, uh, I believe if you put those in place, uh, you're going to be successful in any business to endeavor. Now, it's one, one thing to have them written down in the employee's manual. But how on earth do you uh, transmit that to all employees, in, especially in such a big and rapidly growing company? Well, you have to do a number of things. Uh, first of all, we taught it. 
uh, all new managers and supervisors in the company attended what we called our corporate culture seminar, where we uh, would teach what our, our, our culture was and give many examples of how we lived it. We wrote books about it. Uh, but most importantly, uh, we practiced it every day. And if anyone did something that was out of sync with the, that value system and that culture, uh, it stuck out like a sore thumb. It was discussed and uh, corrected as, as quickly as possible. And I think whenever you can get the majority of people in any organization to buy into a value system that they all believe in and live by, it becomes an awesome force. So that's what we had at CentOS. Some uh, uh, people in business these days say that, that that younger generation just doesn't seem to to get it. They're coming to work with a, a work ethic that isn't the same as what they're used to. How do you deal with that? Well, first of all, I don't agree with it. Uh, I think that uh, the young people that we hire and we do most of our recruiting from college campuses uh, are not that way. Uh, they have to be motivated. They have to understand what's in it for them. Uh, what uh, success they can get from uh, working hard and uh, being engaged in what they do. And I think if you paint the right picture for young people, they'll work just as hard as, as you or I would today. Is the incentive that you provide strictly monetary? Uh, I would know it's not strictly monetary, but I think uh, the thing that we did very effectively was that we very much respected every person that worked in our company. Uh, even if we disagreed with them, we wanted to hear what they thought. Uh, and I think uh, people need, in addition to reasonable compensation, they need to be, be respected. Uh, they need to be part of the organization and running it and their opinion has to make a difference and count. Uh, that doesn't mean we agreed with every single thing every partner brought up to us. Uh, but we wanted to hear what they had to say. We wanted to understand where they were coming from. And uh, in some cases, the boss has to just make a decision and, and say, this is the way we're going and expect we expect people to follow that. But uh, I think uh, uh, having the respect uh, uh, is, is just as important as compensation. You have seen an awful lot of people succeed in, in your career. What do you think is the key to an individual's success, if there is only one thing? If I had to uh, cite one thing, I would say dogged determination. In life, in business, in any job, in any nonprofit, whatever you're working on uh, with or for, you're gonna get knocked down. Uh, the people that are successful are the people who dust themselves off, get right back up and get into the fight. Uh, I believe if you have dogged determination, uh, it is the one single agreement uh, ingredient uh, that makes people that I think is common with all successful people. Is that something that is just inherited? It's in the genes, the DNA, or is it something that people learn? I think it's both. Uh, I think it has to be to some extent in the DNA, but, but you can learn it and it can be developed by getting good uh, direction from the person you're working for, uh, having somebody explain to you, uh, you know, I, I, sometimes we've used the phrase, good is not good enough. And when you say that to somebody, you need to understand what excellent looks like and why they can achieve excellence and to strive for achieving excellence. And so I think it's a, it's a matter of communication. And indeed, communication seems to be at the heart of both success and failure in business and throughout life. But what's, what techniques did you use at Cintas to provide that level of communication? 
Well, I think, first of all, whenever you're going to do something, you need to explain to everyone why you're doing it, why you think it makes sense. But more importantly, uh, over-communication is an oxymoron. You have to repeat it over and over and over again. When I was CEO of the company, we had about 28,000 employees. And if I thought for a minute that I could send out one memo or have one phone call or one Zoom meeting and think everybody got the message, I was dead wrong. You have to constantly be repeating it and, 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 and explaining why we're doing what we're doing, why we expect you to do this and why and, and what is in it for you if you do so. So I think uh, over-communication is something that you can't do. You can't over-communicate. What prompted you to write your book? Well, I feel very blessed to have worked with a company that when I started, I had a million and a half dollars in sales. Today has over seven and a half billion. And when I started, it had 62 employees. Today it has over 40,000 employees. I was part of almost all of that growth. And I feel very blessed. And I, I, I was with a company that I thought was one of the best, if not the best managed companies I've ever seen. And I felt like uh, I don't want to take that to my grave. I want to share it with others and hopefully help other people uh, enjoy the same kind of success I did. Now, you are officially retired, quote unquote, but I suspect like most people who are retired, you're busier now than you were when you were drawing a paycheck. Well, I don't know if I'm busier, but I'm still very busy. I'm not a couch potato. I can't sit around and watch TV all day. So I have a lot of, uh, of business interest. Uh, I'm on, still on several boards. Um, I have three children, and one of the things I'm devoted to the rest of my life to is to teaching them what I've already learned and having them be able to uh, benefit from the knowledge and experience that I've been able to create. So uh, we have a family office. My daughter runs it. My son is a lawyer. He's involved. And so we are constantly talking about business, about life, about lessons learned and things like that. And uh, I think I owe that to uh, others, but my children primarily. Uh, do you have a website that our audience get, can get more information about you and your book? Yes, it's called Robert Kohlhepp, K-O-H-L-H-E-P-P dot com. Uh, and there's information about the book. Uh, there's a, a number of uh, reviews of the book. Uh, you can order the book from the website and uh, it has quite a bit of information on it. Bob, what would you like to add that uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about? Could be anything. Well, uh, I would just add that I think uh, business is all about the who. People are the most important thing in any enterprise, whether it be a business or a nonprofit or a church or whatever. And uh, you really need to focus on the who. Uh, part of my book, we talk about a program that we developed called Meticulous Hiring. We found that the number one reason early on when we had turnover was we should have hired them and should not have hired them in the first place. And so we developed a very thorough process to identify not only is the person qualified to do the job, but equally, if not more important, are they compatible with our organization? Because if they're not compatible, they're not going to be, they're not going to succeed. They're not going to be happy. We're not going to be happy with them. And the time to find out about that is before you hire them, not after you hire them. You've been watching the Biz News Podcast. We welcome your input. Send your email to editor at biznews.com. Thanks for watching.